Hey, welcome to this episode of Business Acumen. I'm your host, Roy Browning, and today we have Anna Shadel with us from the Huntington Cleveland Convention Center. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Roy. You went from uh, event marketing mm -hmm. into the sales and marketing realm for an organization, the Convention Center of all things, mm -hmm. really big organization. What, what's the difference between the two? How did it change for you when you went from one to the other? Well, actually, what I did before actually was event planning. So I, I, I kind of went from the event planner realm where I went from planning every single thing. Um, we had different clients like MasterCard, Dell, Pacific Gas, and Electric, and we would see everything from the start to the end in, in reference to that. Um, and then when I came to the convention center, um, I started doing marketing specifically for the venue, but the beautiful thing about that is that the target audience I was marketing to were event planners. Now granted, our demographic was a little bit older, 40 to 45, um, because those are more the decision makers. Um, but overall, the, the fantastic thing about marketing to event planners is because at one point in time, I was in the event planner mentality. I was in, the, in their head, how they select their venues, what's important, what's not important, what are the convention center stigmas. Um, so, you know, it kind of transferred from being the planner to the person that's marketing to planners. And that's really cool. I love it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned that you started with uh, seeing the graphic designer and you started seeing social media. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we're almost into 2019, uh, depending on when this airs, right? <laughs> Would you say that social media is oversaturated at this point? Is it, is it still where people are investing? Is that still, still where you're meeting people and getting leads? Talk to me about social media in this environment today. Yeah, it's, you know what, the funny thing for me in social media that I feel um, is that social media was created just to be social, right? The, the intent was to communicate between two different people and then when businesses started coming around and it's absolutely, you know, yes, it's an imperative tool, social media, but at the end of the day, what I find is that the most engagements always come from the posts that we do of our staff or of people and the story behind people. So if you're not talking about people, if you're not talking about puppies or football, <laughs> the top three, right? Um, then in that case, it, it can be a little bit challenging um, for, I guess, people marketing venues in that, in that case. Um, so I do think it is oversaturated. Um, I do think that, you know, in this day and age that people, honestly, at the end of the day, just want to see the social aspect and the fun aspect of people. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot changing and it has become more difficult for the average marketer for us today on social media. Because people have seen there, they've been there, they've done it. Um, and and uh, there's algorithms now that are significantly decreasing the reach based off of people's engagement. So if they don't like your material, um, then you won't reach other people. And that essentially you know, can conflict with what you're trying to do as a business. Yeah, so, so the days of just posting something once a day and you'll be fine, you'll get the traction, it's long gone. Long gone. It's just completely, it's just a completely different ball game now. And it's, it's a lot more challenging and coming up with that creative, unique content um, is more important every day because if people don't engage with it, then, you know, you're not reaching people, you're not um, getting the exposure that is intended for uh, social media marketing for businesses. Yeah. Now, I, I learned long ago in photography that you could take a picture of something, let's call it a landscape, mm -hmm. but if you can put people in that landscape, then your picture is going to 
receive a lot more attention than mm -hmm. if it's just the landscape. And it's interesting that your social media perspective is the same. Yep. That when you include the people, especially the staff and the people that make up your organization, yep. that becomes a powerful tool. Yep. And I think that's the relatability too, you know, just having people, that face-to-face -face interaction, that face-to-face -face connection and what are people doing and who are the people behind the venue. Um, people will always be more than things to other people. So I think that that's where, and puppies too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's where that kind of comes into play. Now the convention center has a farm, but are there any puppies on the farm? There are no puppies on the farm. I wish. We that would be so. That. I know, right? She's just bringing a bunch of puppies. You, we I, do have chickens and pigs. You guarantee 20% more conversion of, of <laughs> events if you have puppies. See, that's all I would ever need to purchase, or that purchase. <laughs> that's all I would ever need to take a you know photo of when yeah. at the farm is puppies. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Now, back to the social, though. I know that you don't like Twitter. <laughs> Talk to me. What, what is it about Twitter that you don't like? Yeah, and this is, I'll be honest, it's a little bit more of a personal thing for me specifically um, for a couple reasons. The first reason is because living in the 21st century and with all this digital transformation, um, it's really aired on the side of aesthetics. So a lot more picture-heavy um, content is, is being put out there, um, a lot less copy. And if you do put copy, it's more snackable copy. Yeah. Now, Twitter has always been more snackable content, if you will. Um, and I know that you can upload photos. I, I totally get that. Um, but I still think the main reason for Twitter was really really just to put out that little snackable status that people could could relate to. Um, and for me, I just, I err much more towards the aesthetic side. And from a business perspective, I feel like people are only on Twitter um, just because they feel like they have to or because they feel like, hey, I've been on this for a long time and here are my social media platforms. They see the value of social media and how the algorithms and the analytics drive business and ROI, so in turn, they, they feel like they still need to be on Twitter, but I really feel like the most impactful tweets really come from, you know, heavy sports fans or, you know, stars or something in that, in that realm or news. Um, but for us specifically in the media and event planning industry, um, for venues, um, for us, I, I just, I don't see big value in Twitter. And for me personally, I, I don't think that people would care what I you know, have to say or eat all day. <laughs> so that's just me personally, though. Yeah. So, so if you're if you're very quotable, then Twitter is probably a good place because people yeah. can grab that really quickly. Sure. Can retweet it and everything, save it to their wallpaper. But I know for me, Instagram is a lot more applicable because it's so picture heavy. It's so absolutely. There's still narrative, but it, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. What does a puppy tell us as compared to let me tell you about my puppy every exactly. five minutes? Exactly. And that's and again, that's not to say that Twitter doesn't work for some people or some companies, businesses. I'm sure that they do. Um, and that that's great. Um, but for me specifically, I I don't see it being as valuable as something like, you know, a Snapchat or, or an Instagram. And it could be a millennial thing. But I, I am starting to see trends, though, of a little bit lower engagement um, on Twitter. So. Yeah. Now, for you specifically, as a woman in the industry, have you experienced any challenges, you know, coming up the ranks or through jobs trying to lead the way? Sure. So um, I will say 
I, when I lived in Denver for four years, um, well, first and foremost, I worked for a woman-owned business, so that was kind of a different a different ball game there. Um, and, and out in Denver, um, it's a little bit different because there's people my age that are CEOs. Um, there's millennials that are not only leading a lot of the businesses out there, but they're also welcomed there. And I think that. Maybe for me here specifically, it's not as much as a woman versus male thing. Um, I think that it, it's more so the age thing sometimes. Um, I'm very fortunate to be where, to work where I work because my bosses are very receptive and open to my ideas, and I think that that is really great. And I think that that is something that other people maybe don't have the luxury for here in Cleveland because they are a couple steps behind some of the other larger cities that are kind of emerging and diving deep into the technology um, and just diving deep into the latest trends. Um, so I think that overall it's really just been, the only struggle has been sometimes communicating with people and, and them viewing you as, oh, you're younger, you don't know any better, I've been in the field longer, you know, so I may know a little bit more. Um, but from my perspective, it's kind of like, well, you know, absolutely, I, I respect that you have been in the industry longer. I respect that you do have all this wealth of knowledge and certain different things that maybe I don't know. But on the contrary, perhaps I know something that maybe you don't know in reference to technology, in reference to the new trends, in reference to, I guess, the way that the world is today, especially and particularly marketing, because it's such an evolving, you know, an evolving um, industry. Yeah, so. I love that. Uh, from that point of view, everyone has a unique perspective. Sure. Everyone has unique experiences, and so the number of experiences that you have. The longer you're in an, in an industry, obviously you'll have more experiences. Right. But that doesn't mean that they won't be the same experiences. They'll likely be different experiences. And so everyone brings right. a unique point of view to the table. I like that. Yeah. If it, was, if it were up to me, um, <laughs> I wish that the, the world could just work you know, well together and everybody just respecting the generations and just have a great understanding and respect for, for all generations. But I guess the only thing I was saying about Cleveland is that I love it and I moved here for a reason because I love it and I love the people here is what I really love and I know that there's some fantastic changes that are being made um, but I think that overall um, the hierarchy um, is still a little bit more prominent here in this city than in some other cities but I think that you know within the next few years we'll see a little bit of a change. Yeah well that's because Cleveland rocks. Yeah, yeah. duh. <laughs> Hashtag the land. <laughs> so. Fantastic. So you've been running uh, the advertising for the convention center now for about two years, mm -hmm. and 2018 seems to have been a pretty good year for you guys. Um, if you could share with those who are watching, what kind of things led to that success? Sure. Well, I think that the great thing about being in event planning before I was in marketing was really acquiring some of those organization and consistency skills. So the first thing that I really noticed when I came to the convention center is the need for the foundation. You know, it's hard to build up any cool social media campaigns or any brand awareness or anything like that when you don't have your consistency and your foundation. So that was my sole goal for 2018. And what I mean by building a foundation is not only being consistent with our brand, but also ensuring that we are up to date with the 21st century. So I know a lot of people always ask me, well, are other convention centers doing it? And my answer, I hope, is no, because I don't want to be like other convention centers. Um, I want to be different. I want us to try to be different and strive to be different. So I started with that, that foundation of internally educating all the people, letting them know what our brand really is, making sure all of our documents were in line. 
you know, really starting to build on our social media platforms, some we didn't have yet. We've added two since 2018. Videography, obviously, to me, that's been around for quite some time. For some of the businesses in digital transformation, now they're just starting to kind of, you know, welcome welcome videography into the world. So, um, so we, you know, now have three videos that are out um, and client appreciation programs. Maybe that was the inner Disney in me, but essentially, just really establishing that foundation in 2018 has led to, you know, a pretty successful 2018 year. Um, and then now that we have our foundation for 2019, we can look at implementing our 2.0 phase. So what is that? How can we take this now to the next level? We've established and have enough information of what we want, of what our brand is, of where we're trying to go and head. Uh, but now we can put a little bit of structure behind that. Very so. cool. Can you give us any sneak peeks for 2019? Well, um, we're going to do a couple fun videos that's kind of like a day in the life of an attendee starting, you know, at the very beginning when they're in the hotel room so that you can kind of get a little bit of a glimpse of how connected our the Cleveland Connected Campus really is. Um, so implementing a couple of those fun, fun videos. And then for social media, we're definitely going to step up our social media campaign um, to have some pretty cool incentives. The great thing about working for the convention centers we do get some complimentary tickets to things and I know that we have a lot of exciting upcoming events that people might want to be a part of. Uh, 2019 you have some pretty neat events coming up um, obviously you've had a lot of really cool events already mm -hmm. uh, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the cool events that you have coming up at the convention center? Yeah absolutely well in 2019 uh, for those of you who have, not, who have not heard we are actually hosting the 2019 MLB All-Star Fan Fest oh, wow. so we're really excited anytime we get those larger um, sporting events that are in Cleveland which we absolutely love nine times out of ten we'll get to host some of the Fan Fest it is free for everybody so um, we're really really excited about that there's gonna be like hundred thousand people in and out of our building so that's going to be really really big for Cleveland um, last year we had PyCon um, the PyCon annual conference in-house and that's actually for Python software so the coding software um, and it was the, it was so cool because everybody there um, was you know they're all international and just to, to see this beautiful melting pot of people in our convention center and just all you know collaborating and looking at the geniuses of our future was just so intriguing and they're coming back in 2019 so I'm really excited about that and then of course we have some of our uh, the Walker Stalker Con which I know everybody's excited about the Walking Dead for those those fans of the Walking Dead so that's been a, a really big thing on the radar coming up in August um, and then we just have a lot of repeat clients that we're really really happy and, and lucky to have you know whether it be Wizard World or Sneaker Con um, we do a lot of stuff with the Cleveland Clinic and it's just nice to have them coming back so um, sneaker cons fun and you know I love that so so yeah so we're really excited about what very 2019 cool. has to bring very cool so something that we like to ask everybody if you could give advice to a younger you what would it be okay I love this question um, there's two things I'd really tell myself uh, the first thing would be not to be afraid to ask questions. I think that the biggest thing when I came out of college was I felt like I couldn't ask any questions because it would show I was incompetent or maybe how unknowledgeable or young I was and I wouldn't be respected if I asked these questions. And it, the funny thing is, is as I'm getting older, I'm realizing that the more questions I ask, actually the better I am at my job, the better performing I do and, um, or the better I perform, um, the more knowledge I gain and I just 
I think that not asking questions is probably the worst thing that you could do when, when you, you know, come out, of, come out of college. So that would probably be one of them. And then the other thing would be to, to not stick to the status quo per se. I think that I've spent personally too much time infatuated with what are other people doing and why are they doing it that way and I, I need to do it because they're doing that. And then I sat there one day and I thought, you know, just because something else is working for somebody else and it has been successful, that's not to say other people's strategy is not successful, but maybe it's not successful for me. Maybe it's not successful for where I work. Maybe we need to take a different approach and I think that a fear of taking a different road um, kind of comes with youth, you know, you think that you need to stick to the structure like you're taught in school, but then you get out into the real world and you realize that taking those risks and that variety is really what makes people stand out in, in a better way, even if it does fail, then that just shows you how to be better the next time. So those are really the two things is just always ask questions and, you know, just make sure that you can be, you can be different until the data tells you otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's really good. A lot of it's funny, marketing. A lot of times, you want to stand out from the crowd, right? Not follow the crowd. Exactly, but but it's ironic that so many people say that they are trying to be so unique and different, and these digital disruptors and all this stuff. But it's like, but you're not being different by following other people, you know. So sometimes you just have to try some abstract ideas, and if they don't work, that's okay. That's okay. But but to try that um, and to to not stick to status quo, I think is something really important that yeah. our age should do and anybody should do. Yeah. And if you work for the auto industry, please find a way to come up with a different ad for a car. Please. It's always the same. Please. Look, there's a car. Look, it's driving down the street. Look, here's your APR percent financing and all your small print. Please. They're all the same. <laughs> Gosh, those, those commercials, you just want to gouge your eyes out. You're like, stop, please stop. Yeah. But, well, fantastic. Well, thank you so yeah. much for being on the show. Thank you. If people want to get hold of you, how do they do that? Yeah, so I would actually suggest we did just rebuild a new website in 2018. That was kind of one of the bigger, exciting things that we built. Um, and we have a 3D map on there now. We can subscribe to a newsletter. There's photos. Um, and we do have a Contact Us page that's a little bit more personal. Um, we have all of our headshots on there and all of our contact information. So you are welcome to always reach out to me or any of my, my colleagues. We're happy to be here and help and answer any questions you have. So it's just at www.clevelandconventions.com. Yeah, so. and that's on the screen right there. Right there. Anna, thank you so much for being on the Thanks. show today. I appreciate your time, and thank you for watching the Business Acumen Show. To learn more, follow us online at summitup.biz. If you found value in this podcast, please leave us a review. See you next time.